Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Nick Cage Fight Podcast, uh, where every once in a while we get a weird invitation from an ex to uh, a strange island with no cell service, uh, and nothing bad happens to us. Uh, it's it's uh, you know it's just basically a fun vacation. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Josh, joined as always by Rich and Ryan. How are we feeling about wrapping up this uh, f- fantastic piece of cinema? Oh, I'm so ready. I I very much unironically enjoyed this movie. Yeah. The last quarter of this movie is perfect, in my opinion. There are some <laughs> moments of perfection before like that last little uh, climax, too. But yeah, it's a good-ass movie. <laughs> This one I'm going to probably have to purchase, especially because uh, the version that I watched was not complete. Oh, wait, Ryan, did you see the picture I sent you in the group chat? Uh, which one? The I was at a thrift shop and they had adaptation for a dollar. Oh, yeah, I did. I saw that. It's going to be like, yo, do you want this? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so, but I didn't know if you were trying to do a completionist run of uh, Nick Cage movies. No, I'm good. I'm just oh, going to buy the ones I love. Ryan, I was a little bit upset that you didn't like the Who Drink Arnold. I, I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I thought that it was directly I, up your alley. And is, when I got no reaction. Laser like, oh, targeted towards me, but like, <laughs> okay. I, I've been running around for the past few days. So no, I didn't have a chance to respond, but yeah. Perfectly fine. My my main concern was I didn't have your taste pegged. So. Yeah. Oh, you did. <laughs> Good. Perfect. Straight down to my favorite it. summertime drink. I will find it and I will buy it. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So where we last left off, Edward was going up to the schoolhouse to find Willow. There is a weird scene. Like I'm having seen the whole film. I know what they're going for. uh, But at times I am baffled uh, with the direction they chose to take. And this is one of those scenes. It's a throwaway scene. He's on a path. He's walking down a path and just like four pregnant women just walk by him on the path. And he's just like, huh, and keeps going. <laughs> Edward finds the school. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I have a lot of favorite parts of this movie, but this is a really good one. So uh, Edward is leaning in the doorway, listening, and the teacher goes, class by the way it is an all-girls school uh if you haven't caught on to the theme of this island yet uh it will become increasingly more apparent it is women rule and boys drool yeah yeah <laughs> this is this is a women rock movie that's yeah that's what it is. <laughs> um but she's like what is man at its core uh at his at his very core uh and all of the girls raise their hand and uh, she turns to, of course, like a young set of twins and is like, uh, you, you guys collectively answer it. Because all twins in this film are collectives. They're yeah. a hive mind. Yeah. Uh, and both of them uh, in tandem go phallic symbol, phallic symbol, <laughs> which this is one of the the whatever. I don't know what direction Cage was given in this movie. But at a certain part, he starts playing it like a normal person witnessing this shit. Yeah. And he just starts laughing. He's like, school's changed since I was in it, apparently. This plays out a little different in the original, um, since the entire point of the original is that 
the the cop that shows up to the island is like a straight-laced good protestant english man who doesn't think about sex or anything like that until he's married uh he's like fucking admonishing everything the teacher is saying right off the bat essentially being like this is vile why are you teaching these children about phallic symbols but they're they're talking about the maypole being a a, a spring phallic symbol in pagan uh like pagan religions in the okay. original version instead of what is man that because <laughs> there, there's a correct sense. answer to what is man and it's a miserable little pile of secrets well yes of course uh, we we learn that from the teacher himself. Yes, Dracula. <laughs> and yeah. right before he throws his wine glass and jumps up and says, "Have at you!" Such so so perfect of a line. Yeah. That's that's good writing right there. That that's is. That yeah. is. Um, so Ed- Edward tries the cop routine again with the kids and shows them all uh, the photograph of uh, the missing uh, little girl. Everyone denies knowing her. Uh, but Edward notices an empty desk, and when he opens the, all right. So I'm sorry. This part from the the school on, this movie really starts cooking, because after the response to the phallic symbol, uh, answer, Edward goes to this empty desk, this this unoccupied desk, opens it, and a crow flies out, and he goes, "What?" <laughs> Just like he's like, "What? What is going on?" And the kids are like, oh, we trapped it in there to see how long it would survive. And he's just like, what are you fucking teaching these kids? That's insane. <laughs> and then he uh, storms to the fr- front of the classroom. He snags out the attendance roll book, opens it and leaves through it and sees an entry for Rowan, uh, the name of the missing girl. And it's got like just a line drawn through it. And so he's like, you've been lying. What's going on? What happened to this girl? And the teacher's like, come outside and I'll tell you. And uh, outside the teacher goes, Rowan died in an accident. Her mom is delusional because of grief. So, yeah, that's what happened. Rowan was here. She died. We look at death differently than you guys do because we think people still live on in the world and stuff like that. That's why we're saying she never existed. Yeah, she's all cryptic and shit and refuses to use the word dead or death. Yeah. And so uh, Edward goes, well, how did she die then? And uh, the teacher, Sister Rose, uh, by the way, all all of the names are are plant names for whatever reason. Uh, And Sister Rose says she'll burn to death. And he's like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And she's like, I said exactly what I meant to say. She burned to death. And you're like, you fuck. You're you're playing games. But Edward, of <laughs> course, is just like, yeah, no, that's fine. I, I heard something wrong. I'm on medication. <laughs> I had a traumatic experience. Maybe some of this is on me. But the next scene, like we just got hit with a bunch of solid scenes uh, at this at this point in the movie. Because Edward takes off from the school presumably i think to find the grave i think is what his his current quest line is and on his way from the church he runs into like a group of women who look like farmers of some sort and one of them is 100 percent molly parker yeah like in a hat and he's like uh which which way to the church and she's like it's over there and she's doing like a funny voice on top of all of it too, like a deeper voice. And he's like, "Hey, 
the way he phrases this is fucking insane too. He's like, didn't I just talk to you? And she's like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> not like, aren't you also the fucking teacher? How'd you beat me down here? Like, and it's never addressed again. Not once, not one. I'm time. assuming there's more deleted scenes that just didn't end up in the, I guess, extended edition that you had originally seen. Yeah, no, let me tell you, in, in the extended edition I've seen, they do not address this yeah, either, yeah. which is just amazing, which is extra funny because Edward interacts with Sister Rose more times in the movie. They could have fucking played around with it. And it was like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of creepy twins on this island. That would have been another thing they could have ran with. Anyway, Willow finds Edward in the graveyard and he's at like a, a freshly turned, uh, you know, patch of dirt. Uh, which is clearly where Rowan is supposed to be buried. Uh, and she keeps insisting that this is a hoax. People are lying. Her daughter isn't dead. They're all, she also implies uh, that the women are blaming her and Rowan for something, possibly the issues with the crops that we heard about in the tavern. Right. So everybody keeps referring to uh, Sister Summer's Isle, a sister whose name is literally the same name as the island that they're on. Uh, as the leader of this particular girl crew. And this is also the point in the film where Willow lets slip that Rowan is actually Edward's kid. His response to this is ridiculous. He isn't like, all right, so you got pregnant with my kid and just dipped and never contacted me again until she went missing. That's crazy. I'm angry. I have feelings about this. He's just like, oh, shit, I got a kid and she's missing. Now I want to find her extra hard. Yeah, he's missing a lot of red flags on this one. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. This is this is a weird, a, a a weird reaction. So Willow at this point takes Edward uh, to her house uh, to show him Rowan's room. Uh, on the day she went missing, uh, Willow explains that she went to the market, but it was only for like a half hour. And when she came back, not only was Rowan gone, but all of Rowan's personal belongings were gone too: toys, clothes, all that shit, which is creepier right like it's it's creepy enough you know coming home and finding like your kid missing but if like all their shit is missing too that's when you know you're in a horror movie right that's a that's an extra layer who does that that's crazy shit but uh edward does actually do a decent job of of fully investigating the room like like a video game character and he finds uh, disturbing doodles on the underside of Rowan's desk. It's like scribbles and stick figures, uh, and then prominently uh, shown the words "Help me." Yeah, which is which is kind of bonkers. Uh, he asks uh, Willow, like, was Rowan depressed or something? She's scribbled some pretty disturbing things underneath her desk, and Willow's like, "Yeah, she's a fucking kid. Kids do that." I, I like something as as brush offish as that. I'm not sure if that's exactly what she says, but uh, Edward sees that seaplane. Uh, he sees through the window the seaplane coming in to land uh, at the dock of the island, and he's like, "I gotta go. I I need to use uh, the plane's radio uh, again because this island doesn't have cell service." I got to admit, when I was watching this, it, this has to be one of the earliest iterations of a horror movie having to deal with cell phones. Am I, am I wrong on that? Ryan, I know you're a horror movie aficionado. As uh, well. 2006. Yeah. That's still pretty early for it being considered uh, like pretty standard for you to have a cell phone. 
Yeah, right? And this yeah. is, this is the first uh, horror movie I remember having to directly address the ease of communication. Yeah. So Edward uh, heads out, and when he gets to the dock, you, you know, he he calls out and no one answers. Like, the plane is clearly parked. So he sits, he checks his cell phone, uh, confirms he has no service, uh, and then sits down to wait for the pilot to return to ask to use his radio. While he's sitting there waiting, he thinks he sees a girl underneath the docks, like floating underneath the docks that he can see through like a grate or something like that. So he dives over the edge uh, and swims down to her. Uh, and there is there is a drowned young girl underneath the docks. Uh, and then he wakes up. Uh, it turns out he fell asleep on the docks. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. And then he looks down and in his arms, he's cradling a drowned girl. And then he wakes up again. Double dream scene. Yep. Dream within a dream. Dreamception. Double dream. Which It's just missing the foghorn. I don't know how often you see that outside like a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or parodies of Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so finally sick of waiting, Edward uh, dives off uh, the dock and swims over to the seaplane. Uh, opens it up and finds just the radio uh, completely destroyed. So Edward, you know, having been foiled in his attempt to contact the outside world, pulls on another uh, investigation threat and goes to see the only person on the island who takes photographs. Uh, and that is uh, the doctor, Dr. Moss, I believe. I refer to her from here on out in my notes and on this podcast as Dr. Photographer. This cracked me up because those are her two jobs on the island. She is a doctor and she is the she is the doctor and the photographer. It's like Dr. Barber from uh, <laughs> uh, Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, which I, I don't know if either of you guys watched that cartoon uh, years I, back. I do not. I've seen some, but the fact that a doctor is a barber is a pretty standard thing pre-1900. Well, yeah, 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 that that was the funny thing about it is it's it's based in what actually happened. Your barber was your doctor. Your barber was your surgeon. too. Exactly. Yeah. But but the, the funny thing from I the cut show, hair, I cut arms off, I cut everything. Exactly. The, the funny thing from the show was they like leaned into how to how ridiculous it was because the character would stand outside his place of business busking and be like haircuts, surgery. <laughs> haircuts <laughs> surgery anyway <laughs> so uh so dr photographer he he goes to her house and says he's looking for the missing photo of the harvest festival from the last year she has a book on her desk that's open when he comes in and she quickly closes it suspiciously uh supposedly to you know keep uh, uh, to keep Edward from uh, inquiring further about it. The problem for her is that the, the cover of this book reads Rituals of the Ancients, which makes your antenna go up, not down. Like, yeah. you just have an open book on your desk and be like, all right, they like to read. If you close the book and it's like secret magical formula, I'd be like, what the fuck are you reading? <laughs> so she says she has the uh, negative... Uh, of the photo uh, from last year's festival and I'll have it reprinted for Edward. He leaves, but he stakes the place out. And when the doctor uh, leaves, he breaks into the house. He has a nifty little lock picking kit, which is kind of cool. 
So he immediately goes to the book because, of course, of course, you go to the Rituals of the Ancients book. Uh, and when he opens it, he finds a piece of parchment uh, with writing on it uh, stuck in between the pages. And on this page, it indicates that there was a harvest ritual. Uh, I think that the Incans uh, did supposedly, excuse me, uh, at least in the context of this film, about the ritual killing of a young woman uh, to ensure a good harvest of crops. So Edward just goes on a spree, just rifling through this old lady's shit. Uh, and he finds a file uh, containing Rowan's picture uh, from the Harvest Festival. Uh, and it... <laughs> It also reads, it's like just a title. It just says worst harvest on record. <laughs> yeah, which is so fucking funny. It's ham fisted, right? Like there's no nuance, you know. And also you're saving time, right? Like if they did a, like a voiceover narration of some uh text inside this file, it would have tacked on a completely unnecessary 45 seconds. Instead, it just says worst harvest on record. This girl did it. <laughs> So uh, Edward takes the file and he confronts Willow with it. One of the, one of the lines and he's like, he's getting frustrated at this point. And now he's starting to act more like a normal person would. Uh, and he's like, uh, every time I turn my head, there's something that doesn't make any sense, which no shit. That's that's been all of this so far. Uh, Willow explains nothing again. Uh, and Edward is not nearly mad enough uh, uh, about this, in my opinion. But uh, he's distracted because him and Willow make out a bit uh, at this point. Uh, and then he's back on the road. And this time he has a bike. So he's upgraded his transportation method uh, on this island. Uh, and in fact... Which was in... so... I just found that so funny, too. That they basically just went like, like Here's your bike, and then Nick Cage in like a full suit, like riding a bike. Somewhat oh, I have a whole poorly. thing. It's so weird to see a man in a full suit ride a bike. It is, yeah. it's disconcerting. I mean, unless it's a penny farthing, you sure. know, one of those the big wheel, little wheels. Yeah, I like. I get like in the context, like placed in time and like a period piece. Sure, it doesn't seem so weird. In any other context, it's like seeing like a a great white shark stuck in an oak tree. Yeah. It's completely out of place uh speaking of or rather uh in celebration of edward's in, uh advance in in transportation technology listen to these ads maybe they're for bikes or 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 one of those electric scooter things who knows the possibilities really are endless or a transportation bureau trying to you know get us to build more monorails <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> But if it's, for, if it's for one of those motorized scooters, though, um, don't ride those in New York City. Cops are literally just sticking their nightsticks in the wheels and then beating the shit out of people for riding them. Wait, is that <laughs> fucking real? Yeah, I saw today on Instagram a video of a cop literally arresting one guy on one and another guy zooming past it. And he took his nightstick and just jammed it in the tire. The dude fell off. and They just beat the shit out of the guy. And why? Sounds PD, about baby. cops. <laughs> why? The, the 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 companies have to have something against that. If there's if there's anything that reigns in cops, it's declining profits uh, from commercial enterprises. I I I don't know. I don't know. I'll send you the video yeah, because it's it it's rough. It's a rough watch. Back on the road, 
Uh, Edward ends up in another interaction with one of the very few men we see on the island. And this guy, I, by the way, I love the occupations of men on this island. Off the top of my head, what we see men in this film doing is carrying burlap sacks, carrying uh, a wicker basket filled with twigs uh, on their back. And then this gentleman in this scene who is stacking very thin logs onto a cart, uh, precipitously stacking them onto a cart. And so Edward stops to help him throw a couple logs up and then saves him when this precarious stack of lumber falls over uh, and, and threatens to, to hit the man. The man refuses to make eye contact and does not say a word in response to any of Edward's prompting. That's weird, but Edward doesn't dwell on it very long. So he's tooling around on the bike, and we we get a bit of an oopsie from Edward here. He managed to blunder his way into the section of the island that is an apiary explicitly and manages to hit every beehive on his way through here. <laughs> It he it hits. it was it was like fucking sideshow Bob with the oh rakes. that's exactly what I was thinking too with the fucking rakes and the the Cape Fear that is exactly 100%. what it was a hundred he hits like eight full beehives as yeah. he's going through this place, um which as the movie very clearly uh hamfistedly demonstrated he's severely allergic to. So uh, we do get an overhead shot where it's kind of cool. Like the apiary is set up with uh, honeycomb walkways. Yeah. That is a cool bit of landscaping. I'll give him that. And so Edward waits way too long to try and hit himself with the EpiPen and passes out. He wakes up uh, in a bed with Dr. Photographer just staring at him. Uh, and she informs him that he is in the home of Sister Summer's Isle. She's out front and has been expecting him. We get a weird answer where, like, he's like, "Did you I was use one of my, say this. my yeah. adrenaline shots?" And she's like, "No, I healed you using the old ways." And he's like, "The fuck does that mean?" Yeah. And she's like, "You're not dead." And he's like, "Fair, that's fair. I'll stop asking questions." Which you know what? I was critical of at first, but that is exactly how I'd respond to my doctor. Like, if I was in a terrible accident and I woke up. And I'm like, what happened? They're like, you were in a terrible accident. We're like, what did you guys do? And they're like, we kept you from dying. And we'll be like, that's, I probably wouldn't understand the more yeah. in-depth explanation. Yeah, so and, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and why did he have adrenaline? What? What? It, well, isn't isn't an EpiPen, like, isn't that adrenaline? I don't think so. Because adrenaline is in Epinephrine, epinephrine is adrenaline. Okay. Is it adrenaline? Oh. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, now I know. Yeah, me neither. We I'm have not, our consulting physician yes, on, there you hand. on on retainer. Uh, the the retaining amount is just zero dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Legally, for legal reasons, she's not a physician, but she knows medical shit. <laughs> but but she she's but we do <laughs> but she, we do she, not pay her. She pulls bullets out of people when they can't go to the hospital because you have to report uh, a gunshot wound to the police. Anyway, don't fact check us on that. Um, so, yeah, so he got he got healed with the old ways and he's like, all right, fine. Uh, he does do something wise here because things have been getting progressively weirder. He checks his gun, which is a good idea Yeah, that he should have <laughs> stuck with. Um, but he gets dressed and he goes to meet Sister Summersile. 
she talks like she's the epitome of these characters talking in weird very thinly veiled like you're in danger speak that edward completely glosses over uh he requests permission to exhume the grave that he was told rowan it was in which she gives right away she's like yeah sure fucking do it but they continue to talk and sister summer's isle goes on about uh the rituals that they do and how they're to the mother goddess and and summer's isle uh, as the leader of this community is the goddess's physical manifestation or representative on earth. And he's like, that's fucking crazy. Uh, they get into a bit of an argument about what constitutes murder. And uh, Summer's Isle gives us a bit of the history of the island. It was originally founded by uh, Celtic pioneers uh, who moved to the New World for the promise of freedom of uh, religion, uh, but settled a little bit too close to Salem. Uh, and after seeing what happened there, they uh, took off again until they finally landed on Bee Island, which we now own. So uh, we get some more disturbing implications regarding men's role on this island, uh, what happens to male babies that are born, uh, but nothing is They're said stoned. explicitly. They're stoned. They're stoned until their IQ is under a 72. I was stoned all through college, and I turned out <laughs> fine. I think I think we're talking about two different stones. Yeah. 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 Probably. <laughs> Speaking of Salem, though, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but y'all know the uh, story of of Giles Corey. Oh yeah, the guy that was uh he was fucking juiced to death. Yeah, he was. He was Wait, no, I don't know this. Yeah. Okay, so so as far as I can remember, and please take this with a grain of salt. I'm sure there's a bunch of solid historians and books about this, but. I went to Salem, did all like the historical tours, and Giles Corey was one of my favorite individuals that I, re- I I heard about while I was there. As far as I can tell, he was just a dickish yes, old man. He was just like an asshole who like <laughs> they fucking hated, so they were like, he's a witch. Exactly. Fuck he it, just, he's a witch. Yeah, he's he an was asshole. just an asshole to everybody. And so in the like height of the witch hunt fervor, somebody was like, he's a witch. And they like brought him to trial and he's like, fuck you. Say whatever, whatever you want to say. Sure, I'm a witch. And they're like, all right, fine. We sentence you to death by pressing, which is where they put a board on top of you and continue to stack stones on you until your like eyes are popping out of your head. Yeah. Oh, that's, and they, that's no, fun. wait, that, that, that might be it. I, I think he, either he wouldn't confess or he wouldn't do something. Yeah. Something. Like and they're that. like, we're going to keep doing this until you do. And so. It takes days for him to die from this. And at the end, when, like I said, like his eyes are bulging out of his head uh, and he can't close his mouth because his like tongue is sticking out. Like the sheriff is like, well, are you going to do it now? Do you have do you have anything to say for yourself? And he's just like more weight. (laughs) (laughs) I respect I will say this. I don't respect assholes very often. Oh, I respect that dude so much. Remain an unrepentant asshole in the face of your own excruciatingly slow death props yeah i'll yep. give you fucking that one man <laughs> he also inspired a really sad band giles Corey. oh there you go yeah they're the uh it's the fucking like solo project from one of the guys from have a nice life which is already a crushingly depressing band <laughs> oh. 
I'll have to check them out. I like sad bands that have side projects as sadder bands. Yes. Uh, yeah. As Rich can attest to since yeah. he's seen me at both a Wonder Years concert and an Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties concert. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder Years, sad. Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties, suicidal. <laughs> because just if you haven't listened to their um entire first album front to back it's a concept album and in the end uh he basically tries to commit suicide and fails oh uh very good show though the last one we went to yeah glad it didn't get rained out so after all of this like edward edward's a little bit on his heels with sister summer's isle because at the end of the conversation he angrily demands he's like so give me permission to dig up the grave. And she's like, I did like when we uh, yeah. first started talking and she's absolutely right about that. She did. Um, so Edward goes, he's off again on his bike. This is the, 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 the scene that, that rich mentioned. They're like, here's your transportation. And just some, one of the drone dudes just like wheels up the bike. <laughs> he's like, thank you. Good day. <laughs> Rides off. <laughs> it's so, so good. Goes, yeah, he goes to the grave uh, and he digs until he hits a coffin. He pries the coffin open. And the only thing that is inside is straw and a burned plastic baby doll. So this is where, Rich, you're not wrong. The initial scene of the movie doesn't have a direct laid out impact for us. I, but, I get the the lines. Connect. Like, I get that. Well, so the only thing about it that does make sense that would make it make sense is the part of the movie that makes no sense as far as a continuous storyline is concerned which we will get to at the end rich you and i talked about this before ryan hopped on and way before we started recording even for the patreon subscribers so we'll get to that but uh after finding the burnt baby doll he hears crying from a, a nearby crypt that willow explained to him earlier in the film was flooded uh he goes into the crypt uh, and he finds in the water of the flooded crypt the uh, sweater that Rowan was last seen in. So he lifts up one of these grates and he swims down to try and find Rowan's drowned body, we can only presume. But uh, something like falls and blocks the grate, so he is trapped in the water uh, and stuck there shouting for some period of time. Uh, this was the scene that I thought was not incredibly necessary. He could have found the sweater and been fine. But we got another swimming scene for some reason, because I guess Labute just loved seeing Nick Cage swim. That's that's the only thing I can loves think of. a wet cage. Yeah. Who doesn't? I can't hold it. I know him. I do. But uh, eventually uh, Willow finds him in the crypt and uh, lets him out. And he interrogates Willow about the doll that he found in the grave site, which is another great delivery by Nick Cage. The uh, how to get burned, how to get burned, which <laughs> it's not even Very really a relevant question there. Uh, but Edward's like, I have to go confront Sister Summer's Isle. Willow, lock yourself in the house. I will come get you later. Something bad is going to happen. I have some inexplicable feeling that something awful is going to happen. And uh, Willow's like, like you, you're just getting that sense. <laughs> so, um. He, he finds Summer Isle's house seemingly abandoned. There's nobody in there. He's like calling out. Uh, and then weird shit starts to happen. He goes into one room and there is just a very severely stung up, like old bearded man in a bed. 
And he's like, nothing to see here. Closes that door. He continues on. Uh, he opens another door and there is a naked woman covered in bees just sitting in a chair in an otherwise bare room. And he's like, nothing to see here. He closes that <laughs> door. He continues on. And uh, as, as far as I can tell, he wanders around the house for a little bit more and then just fucking leaves. But the camera pans up to Sister Summer's Isle in just it is one of the better composed shots of the film. Sister Summer's Isle is in this like four poster bed on like a raised dais and a room with a sunlight and attendance. And she's like, it's not just like a, like a underneath a, a comforter. She's in like a robe blanket. It's, yeah. it's odd. a snuggie. <laughs> yeah. A, a Royal snuggie. Um, <laughs> bring me the Royal snuggie. <laughs> bring me the Royal snuggie. Um, <laughs> so, so, so Edward's back out on the road and sister Rose rides up on a bike wearing a bird mask. Uh, apparently Edward did not bring his own bike for this leg of the trip. <clears throat> so he tries to take Rose's bike from her. And there is a funny amount of tug and war that's done here. A uh, tug of war that's done here. Like he yanks the bike. Rose yanks it back. He yanks it back. She yanks it back. He yanks it back one more time. She goes to yank it back and he pulls his gun on her. <laughs> it's like a white as kids, you know, sketch yeah. uh, at this point. So she finally relents and he rides off on the bike. He runs into the creepy old lady twins on the road, but just rides past them. When he gets to the tavern, uh, there's only men in the common room. And he tries to do a dude's rock speech. He's like, I need your help. We got a band together. Come with me. Dude's and rock. they're all ignoring. They're drinking. They're playing cards. They're having a good time. They're playing checkers, which I found very funny. <laughs> they're, they're like they're playing checkers. They're playing cards. They're playing games and drinking, which is, you know, it's 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 just it's a dude's rock. Bar. Yeah, it's they're not talking. Where, where they, they're not exactly. talking, which is important. Which is <laughs> important, but also dudes don't talk to each other anyway. Yeah, yeah they play checkers or cards and dudes drink. will do anything other In than go to sullen therapy. silence. <laughs> So uh, this is uh, one of the, the 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 version we watched is missing this part. I'm fairly certain this is the part with the extended scenes where we learn that the men have their tongues cut out. The only indication we get in this version that we watched is Nick Cage, uh, uh, Edward actually grabs one of the men uh, and he says what sounds like get off me, but it is explicitly uh, garbled in a way you would expect from somebody who doesn't have a tongue. Yeah, it it comes out as damn. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm fairly certain the extended scene actually shows like the stump of the tongue at this point, but it might have happened at a different point. So now we get to my favorite part of the film where everything is off the rails. Edward just starts going house to house on the island, kicking down doors and demanding to inspect people's children. It is child inspection day, people. Uh, this is where the film starts getting real funny. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out your kids, make them take off their masks. I need to make sure they're not this kid. And he's just uh, like knocking off kids, like backfisting kids almost to take their masks off, like yeah. just knocking them off. Yeah, it's it's so fucking awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> These scenes are so fucking awesome. No, this this movie like, OK, I know I have bitched about the tonal shift in like eight millimeter. This is a tonal shift in the correct direction. Yeah, it's 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 fuck it. We're going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. 
The other funny thing about this is because this is like half a montage. If you notice, like his suit is getting dirtier and more disheveled the more he does this stuff. Down, he he ends up down by the dock again, and he sees that the seaplane has been sunk. Uh, only like the tip of one wing can be seen, and he discovers the dead and mutilated body of the pilot. Edward goes back to the tavern and confronts Sister Beach. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. So <clears throat> the way we see it is Sister Beach is talking to one of the first older ladies that uh, Edward ran into in the film. And they're talking about how the older lady handled the pilot and uh, some light banter about Sister Beach's bear costume that she's supposed to wear for the festival. So Edward comes around a corner. The women see him and the older lady leaves. She's like, it's time for me to go. And Edward walks very slowly up to Sister Beach. Very tense moment. And then he just punches her in the face (laughs) and knocks her out. It's so good. It's really good. Every time he throws a punch in this, fucking nowhere. Comedy gold. (laughs) Just fucking cold coxer. (laughs) We cut to the town square where Sister Summer's Isle is, uh, her face is painted half white, half blue with gold accents around her eyes. Uh, A bunch of people are congregating and wearing animal masks. Uh, Back at the tavern, Edward goes to put on Sister Beach's bear costume, but is jumped by the sister girl who works as a tavern helper. This is fucking hilarious because she's clinging to his back and like scratching at him. He throws her off, hits her with just a stiff jab and then standing sidekicks her into the wall where she collapses (laughs) down like an 80s action film villain. It's amazing the only thing that would have made it better is if he like picked her up and put her on a hook and said hang around a little (laughs) exactly but you know what else would be cooler and we took a brief break to go over ads actually that wouldn't be cool uh would be cooler as you if you subscribe to the patreon so you don't have to listen to this bullshit the ads i mean not our bullshit that's what you'd be paying for uh but in the meantime settle for this last cool option of us doing an ad break real quick yeah, patreon.com slash Nick Cage fight. Go check that shit out. Boom. So anyway, uh, Nick Cage uh, has a bear costume now. Yeah, it's the greatest prop in cinema history. A bear costume acquired. Oh, shit. Did anybody look at the auctions from uh, uh, the writer's strike to see if the bear costume is one of the things they're auctioning off? I'm about no, to check. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the festival continues with a line of figures following Sister Summer's Isle through the woods. Uh, Edward is now f- in full bear costume. Uh, and he sees Willow walking in the procession. He runs up to her and says, I thought I told you to wait. To which she looks at him like he's fucking crazy. In her defense, he is dressed as a bear. But she says, you know, I had to come. What, what are you talking about? I couldn't miss this. Also, I see no uh, no auction, so. Yeah, yeah. Me well, neither. that's a fucking shit. They might have just rented that bear costume from, like, one of the costumeries at fucking L.A. or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a possibility. I don't know. They dropped forty million dollars on this movie. Yeah, because it's really hard to steal a million dollars from a, a budget of ten million. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Sorry, I I had to briefly try and just look if it wasn't on auction, but somebody owned it as a piece of memorabilia. Uh... My search will continue after this. So the procession eventually gets to a clearing where Rowan, the missing little girl, is tied to a stake in a clearing. (laughs) Edward runs up in full bear costume again, mind you, and punches the lady nearest the tied up little girl directly in the face again knocking her out but I, is... I need to i need to set the scene though because the way he did it was hilarious like he's on a full sprint and instead of continuing the sprint and hit he comes to a dead stop and then reels back and punches her right in the face you know what it gave me vibes of the the Sir Galahad scene from Monty Python and the Holy mm, Grail. Yeah. Because he covers a lot of just open ground <laughs> and nobody's reacting. And then suddenly he's there and punching this lady in the face. Um, he unties Rowan at this point and takes off into the woods, uh, pursued by a mob of villagers. As opposed um, to pursued by Bear, which is where you would exit stage left. Yes. <laughs> Little Shakespeare joke for you uh, Philistines out there. <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah, that's not going to land with our audience. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so after avoiding the villagers, uh, Edward's cell phone rings. And we get uh, another one of my favorite moments in the film. Because as I said, partway through, Cage just starts playing this uh, very, very straight as far as human reactions to what is going on. And nothing uh exemplifies this better than this cell phone scene his cell phone rings and he flips it open and he's like pete pete help help me help me help us pete no answer but like it's it is such a human response in that 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 is exactly the way i would answer my phone at that point in time I don't think it's necessarily good writing as far as a movie is concerned, but it is incredibly efficient. It gets the point across. Yeah. Yeah. It hit home as the realest scene in an otherwise surreal movie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Edward ditches the bear costume at this point and Rowan runs off. Uh, Edward pursues uh, and they end up back in a field where all the villagers are gathered. Uh, Roan runs up to Willow, who is standing directly next to Sister Summer's Isle, uh, and asks, did I, you know, did I do it right? Did I do a good job? And she's like, yeah, you did. And Sister Summer's Isle is like, yeah, you did it perfect. And now the villagers surround Edward and they, they explain he's come of his own free will to keep his appointment with the Wicker Man. Uh, and they reveal the letter was a ruse from the outset to trick him into coming into the island uh and willow is in on it the whole time <clears throat> they they tricked him into thinking that they would sacrifice his daughter uh when he's actually the one that they're gonna sacrifice yeah he was thoroughly bamboozled oh yeah willow is actually summer isle's daughter which makes rowan her granddaughter which makes uh edward uh just with the missing involving the federal government in their relationship her uh son-in-law technically (laughs) and so this is where the tie-in to the beginning elements of the movie is maybe explained but it's explained in a way that makes no logical sense whatsoever 
So the camera pans and one of the women in the village looks identical. I couldn't confirm it through the cast list. Looks exactly like the woman cop that comes to visit him after the accident before he leaves for the island. Ryan, did you catch that? It yeah, she looks similar, but like you said, I couldn't identify it on IMDb. Well, yeah, either. and and they flash back too. Yeah, so yeah, like a, there's supposed to be some. They flash connection. back to her, and she has like a B on her face, which yeah. is like the whole imagery. But this doesn't make any fucking sense. If she is like a Summers Isle resident, how is she maintaining a full time job as a fucking cop not on the island just to snare one dude? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So anyway, Edward tries to shoot the rapidly encroaching villagers at this point, uh, but it turns out that Willow stole all the bullets from his gun. He did only check his gun one time in the film. Should have probably checked it a couple more times. Also, uh, what's he going to do? There's like 100 people there. He's got like 18 bullets at most. Take some of them with you. Take 18 with you. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, hell is best visited with company, uh, in, in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> all right so uh the villagers rush him uh and despite the fact i do love this about about edward say what you will about the man say what you will about the character as a protagonist he fucking throws punches and kicks like a madman like a martial arts movie he fucking kicks the she like roundhouses like three villagers in this scene before they finally beat him down. Yeah, in a scene that is 100% not Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they rush him. They break his legs. Uh, this is another uh, scene that is in the extended version, but not in this version. Where they In this put... version, you hear it, but yeah. yeah, you don't see it. But in the extended version, they put like a wicker basket on his head and dump a bunch of bees in there where we get the classic line, not the bees they're in um, my mouth which is one of my favorite memes because uh my favorite chain restaurant to go to to get drunk is applebee's so when a group of friends asks is like let's let's just get cheap dinner somewhere and uh their response to me every time is not the bees Um, (laughs) so (laughs) but i mean it, it it sort of doesn't make sense i mean it's a very funny scene but it sort of doesn't make sense for them to dump a bunch of bees on his head uh, because they're just gonna yeah. What are you gonna give him anyway. anaphylactic shock before yeah. you fucking? Yeah, burn? they already broke his legs. <laughs> they're only yeah. at risk at, of of killing him from anaphylactic shock. Before. Yeah, there, there's no reason to dump a bunch of bees on him. So they don't show the 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 leg breaking in the extended cut, right? I don't believe. So. Okay, I, I like to imagine it's much like misery, where Kathy Bates just puts a fucking two by four between his legs and hobbles him from the opposite <laughs> sides with a sledgehammer. I can tell you if they if they cover the leg breaking at all, it is definitely not to the degree degree of brutality of misery. No, it because... can't be. That's, no, that's, one of the, the, that's the a big never scene. forget that fucking no, scene. the sound, man, the sound. No, the, yeah, the first time I watched that movie, I was like twelve, and I threw up. Oh, that's awesome, Hell man. Yeah. That's, that's how metal. you know a movie's working. <laughs> yeah, threw that... up. Shout out Misery. Hell you yeah. did it right. Fucking James Caan, <laughs> Kathy Bates. Excellent film. So um, <laughs> we then get to uh, uh, Edward being carried to the giant wicker man. 
which is literally if you're not familiar for whatever reason it's literally just a giant man it's burning man made out of kindling yeah burning man 100%. yeah it's, it's yeah it's, it's just burning man with a person inside but Wait, you're telling me they don't put a hippie in burning man I mean, I they thought might. they used to. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, start, now. Well, Burning Man started as a fertility ritual, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now they put a poor person in it. Uh... Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, they didn't do that this year, which is why they all got stuck in the mud. Yeah. yeah. Right. They um, tried to forego the poor person and they just got the poorest person who was there who still cleared like 125 grand a year. Yeah. So not poor enough. Some not fucking poor enough. Manager. <laughs> still had an unwashed ass though. Still had an unwashed ass. Uh yeah, no, you need somebody who is, you know, destitute, a fucking waitress at Applebee's is who you need. Oh yeah. 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 Although I will do a quick shout out for another podcast. My favorite part of Burning Man this year was uh Brace from Truanon getting the news to bite on uh the fact that there was the the not true fact that there was an ebola outbreak at burning <laughs> and that the national guard was quarantining them cool oh shit also another shout out to uh, a, a different podcast a lab covered uh did a, an entire deep dive on neil katyal who was at Burning Man and and posted one of the worst selfies I've ever fucking seen. Wait, who is uh, this? Because I don't know who this person is. Oh, my God. All right. So Neil Katyal is an attorney who has appeared many, many times in front of the Supreme Court. And the uh, podcast A-Lab, all lawyers are, are bastards, did a uh, what if episode because Neil Katyal would have technically been on the short list for a Supreme Court nomination if Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election. But uh, yeah, Neil Katyal also has very famously argued in favor of child sweatshop workers on behalf of Nestle in front of the Supreme Court. Not a great person. If you want to know about Neil Katyal, I recommend you go check out the episode on A-Lab about him. Um, Anyway, Burning Man, Wicker Man, we're back. <laughs> so uh we get to one of my favorite line deliveries in the entirety of the film because when uh <laughs> when Edward sees the wicker man uh Nick Cage who has been brutalized and stung by a bunch of bees just goes oh my god and the line is delivered almost <laughs> exactly like yeah, that yeah it is and really i good. use that line all the time he sounds like Hank Hill a little bit oh my god it's, it's so perfect um and so they lift him up into the wicker man that's also filled with like goats and chickens and stuff. Cause if you're going to do a sacrifice, you might as well like cover all your fucking bases. Just in um, case Nick Cage isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, those, those are multipliers, right? Yeah. Uh, and so Rowan, you get that S rank for sacrifice. Ex- yeah, S for exactly. sacrifice. Uh, so, so Rowan is given a torch to go and light the wicker man on fire and another hilarious bit of the movie to me is she runs up with the torch and the whole time her father, Edward, is like, no, 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 honey, don't do that. Don't do Dad's going to die gruesomely if you do that. Please don't do that. She doesn't pause at all. She runs up and dunks that shit fucking windmill directly into the kindling at the bottom of this wicker man, which goes up in flames. Edward starts screaming. Uh, all of the women are chanting, the drone must die, the drone must die. Fantastic. 
it's perfect perfect ending scene to a movie but wait <laughs> we are more. not done yet we cut to six months later and who do we see at the bar but fucking james franco and jason ritter are just at a fucking bar and we're like I, I, every time i'm like what the fuck is happening and they're like, oh, yeah, we got to get out of here. There's, like, no chicks here. It's There's, like, like, no chicks. We're, like, yeah. lawyer dudes. Yeah, yeah, matter. yeah. And, and, and then. No, no, in... they're not lawyers. No, they're, they're, like lawyers. they're cops. They're cop dudes. Yeah, yeah, they're complaining about it being, like, a lawyer crowd. What yeah. they're basically saying oh, right, is, okay. like, there's no low-class enough chicks here <laughs> that we could hook up with. They're all lawyers. <laughs> um, And then in walks Willow. And sister tavern helper girl from the island, you know, and the boys immediately notice them and go to hit on them. Turns out Franco just graduated from the police academy. And uh, and when uh, Jason Ritter and Willow go to the bar, uh, sister tavern helper uh, asks Franco, uh, you know, where are you going to go uh, after you're after you're done at the bar? And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to go home to my apartment. Uh, and she asks, will you take me with you? Exactly mirroring what she said uh, to Edward Malice on the island. And we get a close up on her face and just hear the increasing droning of like bees and Nick Cage screaming and roll fucking credits. <laughs> and yeah. that, my friends, is a fucking movie. <laughs> how, how I choose to believe that they picked those two women is that they all got together like, OK, listen. Out of the 200 women here, who here has a breeding fetish? <laughs> so, I will I will pose a different scenario in which so we 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 suffer under the consequences in 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 our real lives of uh, a very strongly established patriarchy, uh, you know, and people talk about this all the time. And the only way I we can't can go really into about in... hearing about this patriarchy, patriarchy yeah. here, patriarchy there. The only times we really get to try and examine, uh, you know, uh, a matriarchal society is typically through, uh, you know, episodes of Star Trek, fictional, fictional vehicles. Right. (laughs) So uh, I'm not defending the patriarchy, but I got to say, I think any specific gender controlled society would have some issues. So. Rich, you propose the let's pick out the ones with a breeding fetish and we'll send them to entrap men uh, for our later sacrifices. I would counter that with. Well, could you have... that that wasn't me making a point. That was me making a silly, silly joke. I've got another silly joke for you. Ooh, uh, ooh, every, all of the, the, the like the controlling women of the island have to get together and select the hottest ones to send out onto the mainland. And I'm just going to I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, I think that meeting would be brutal <laughs> oh it's yeah. like love island you know what i'm fucking saying yeah like sister is the, like why don't you ever send me to the mainland well and like us want to get dicked down by mainlanders <laughs> i want someone i was like sister beach you know why we don't send you to the mainland <laughs> you look like brad doris <laughs> oh my god <laughs> But yeah, no, I have a feeling that that selection process would be relatively brutal. <laughs> All right, joking aside for just a brief moment, this was an entertaining film. Yes. I'm not saying it was a good film. It was an entertaining film. And Very. to be honest, 
we have been through we've been through some ups and downs on this podcast uh i i think we can all agree with that yeah it's, uh, been, a, it's been a while since we had a bad one that was funny and that's what this was it, it yeah it was uh and i am willing a hundred percent of the time to settle for entertaining you yeah. don't have to uh fucking wow me like Art can be many, many things, but as long as you enjoy the time that you have invested, uh, I think it can be considered successful. Uh, and that this movie very much does that for me. But also, it is relying on an incredibly strong trope of a story. This uh, cult bit uh, with a, you know, uh, ignorant uh, protagonist uh, that finds themselves caught up in 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 this machination. Most recently, Midsummer, which everybody fucking went bonkers for. Yeah, I liked it. It's a bear in a cage in that one. There's it was a great. guy in a bear suit in that movie too. There, <laughs> uh, Midsummer took a lot from Wickerman. They probably, oh, yeah. I'm assuming, uh, took more inspiration from the original oh, than, yeah. than necessarily the Nick Cage one. But still. The outline is there. I mean, the um, original is like the movie that popularized this type of folk horror tropes. Yeah. Um, but there's been a bunch of other ones. I was trying to find our Patreon subscribers will know. I was trying to find. I, I swore there was a made for TV movie that was very much along these lines with Dan Aykroyd in it. But I must be misremembering that because we couldn't find shit about that. Yeah, but, my, my knowledge of folk horror stuff mostly trends towards the British and like world cinema. So if it's American, I probably don't know it off the top of my head. Gotcha. Um, but another movie I heard compared to The Wicker Man was a movie called Kill List, uh, which I will strongly caution our listeners who, for whatever reason, listen to this for recommendations about other movies. Uh, I will say it is an intriguing movie. It's very interesting, but it is also uh, incredibly disturbing, uh, among the more disturbing movies I have seen. So caution if you go into that. But it is it is similar in, in nature. Uh, I get the comparison people are drawing with it. So and also, I'll throw out a recommendation of an Italian film from the 90s called Dark Waters about a woman who goes to an island that's just got a convent on it. And, you know, matriarchal nun shit happens. It's there very a, Wicker Man. There was a, a, a whatchamacallit, it was another Netflix movie. Is it I The Apostle? Yes, The Apostle. I loved The Apostle. That was they, really they good. juiced that guy at the end? Hell yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, honestly, that was one of the ones where it's like, I, I put off watching it for a while because, uh, like, I've seen a number of, of movies pitched along those lines that just end up being incredibly dry period pieces with like three scenes that could technically qualify as horror. The apostle was fucking not bad. Was I, that's actually something I recommend to new keepers for call of Cthulhu. If you're going to run that role-playing game, I say, this is like what you're aiming for atmosphere wise. Oh yeah, definitely. 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 But yeah, no, that that is a, another very, very good example of this theme. It's a solid theme. It's hard. It's it's really hard to go wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I would say, did technically go wrong with it. But the the but in a way end, that's entertaining. 100%. Yeah, the end product is just infinitely entertaining. I don't think that they <laughs> realized. Uh, no, they didn't how, know they were making a comedy. At yeah, all. exactly. Yeah. Um, 
it sort of just ended up that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much like Troll 2. Yeah, well, Tro- Troll 2 was just so excessively bad. It's entertaining to watch it in the way you'd watch like a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, I would that's say that's how like, I view this movie though. Fair. Yeah. I, I would I would say uh like us if you made a self-aware version of this movie with a different horror trope, uh I would compare you it would to get Tucker Cabin and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, Wait, okay. That? I was saying I was saying uh you would get Cabin in the Woods, but yeah, Tucker and Dale's actually a perfect call, uh shout out for that. Yeah, like that again, just taking a classic horror trope and making it a comedy. <laughs> they just did it accidentally here. Yeah. <laughs> but no, enjoyable. I do recommend this one. This is an easy one to recommend. You're not going to hate it. You're going to laugh at a number of portions of it. And it does manage to successfully build tension to a certain extent. It just, instead of the payoff capitalizing it with some sort of emotional response that relates to horror films, it's more of a Mm. comedic response. So attention up to a funny punchline. Uh, I'm fine with that. I'm very fine with that. So yeah, what I, I, I gotta know. Well, what what's next for us? Yeah, what we got for us in in the horror month. The next thing we got is a Willy's Wonderland, which is something I have actually been looking forward to. I know that you two have not been. Yeah, because I saw it and I, found I it haven't fucking seen boring. it. Boring. I haven't seen it, and I have been looking forward to it because oh. it, I, I'm not. I'm not even gonna like rant about it right now. I'll, I'll save that for save next it. week. Yeah, save it, save save it for like the, the content. Old, okay, I will say the only funny thing about it is that he is just chugging energy drinks the entire movie. I like that. He's just like absolutely smashing energy drinks, and you can tell it was originally intended to be beer, but they wanted this movie to appeal to the six year old to like Five Nights at Freddy's it, fucking that, YouTube poops, so yeah. they couldn't have alcohol in it. So that that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's hundred percent. Five Nights yes, at Freddy's. Yes. Which is a game also I've never played, it's not and good. I don't understand the it's, No, it's worse nice Night Trap. Five Nights at Freddy's is the worst oh. version of Night Trap. Okay. You're setting up traps and trying to, like, fucking not get killed by the goons, but the goons are animatronic fucking Charles Entertainment cheese fucking <laughs> structures. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, hopefully hopefully it's, it's, it's bad in a way that we can work with. Yeah, it sounds there's from something to talk it? about, but like, I oh, fucking bored me to death when I watched it. I mean, just from like reading about it, it seems like something that's up my alley, but I could be wrong. It's a blatant cash grab, and it feels like it to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we will. We will. We will deal with that. We'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. I will say, I think the poster's fucking cool. That that's one good thing I'll say about it. Yeah, the poster got me too. Yeah, the poster does look dope. Yeah. I'm going to jump into the Patreon first because uh I stumbled upon an idea that uh we're we're going to do. I'm going to force Josh and Ryan to uh I'm not talk spending about... a night in an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay. For how that about amount. A, how that's, about we're showbiz that pizza. Fun. You you want to hang out with the showbiz pizza bear? <laughs> Do, no, actually. we are we are going to talk him. about Nick Cage characters and which ones would have gone to Epstein's Island because that just sounds like fun to me. It sounds like bad taste, but I have uh, no standards, so hell yeah. <laughs> I would say it was in bad taste if it wasn't, to me, implicitly clear that uh, uh, rich and powerful people 
killed that man before he could spill the beans on all of them. Absolutely. Reveal, yeah. Like the truly corrupt, like all the insane conspiracy addled people, like we might have been able to cure some of them with a dose of truth. And I remember when he got arrested and he was put in jail, I was like, all right, so if he dies, like we all know what's up, right? And of course he fucking died. And yeah, I was just yeah. like, Jesus Christ, we're not even trying anymore. Well, yeah, because like, well, everyone, like 80% of America, no matter where you lay on the political spectrum, we're just like, this shit's about to get real interesting, isn't it? It's 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 the arm grip meme. It's it's the the right wing crazies, left wing crazies. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> oh, you mean the yeah. uh, the the predator? Dinner. Predator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan, 100%. you son of a bitch! What does the, the CIA have you pushing too many pencils, Dylan? That one. <laughs> yeah, it, I like. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I've ever run into somebody who was legitimately like, oh yeah, no, Epstein killed himself. I can't think of a <laughs> single fucking person. Yeah. It's wild. So. I don't I don't even know if it's in poor taste as 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 much as it is just generally acknowledging the absurd circumstances we have allowed ourselves to live in at this point. In well, time. no, I'm just throwing a bone to some people because I know that we have to have listeners who are just like, I like when they talk about Nick Cage movies. I hate when they talk about paying poor people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but all right. You're poor. <laughs> if you're so listening to us, you're ground. poor. You're probably poor. That this will be our apology for the 9-11 movie episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Speaking of, I heard something awful about that that I want to clear up right now, real, real quick. Okay, ready. Uh, we said some words, uh, some kind words about Michael Pena in, in the in the course of that episode. And I learned we have to take it all back. Apparently, he is a Scientologist and his wife is one of the people in Scientology that was key in covering up Danny Masterson's rapes. Oh, my God. All right. I'm I'm cool with cancel. Listen, like, I'm 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 pretty sure the only positive thing I said about that was that he's funny sometimes. But I could I could stand corrected. Probably. It's really going to put. Uh, a, a damper on one of my other rewatching one of my other favorite movies, Observe and Report. I just um, got that at the Good William. Oh my god, yeah, you've was, seen uh, it before, right? Oh yeah, I saw oh, it in yeah. theaters. I was the only one that was still in the theater by the end. That's I remember this story because you you said you took a date to it and she left halfway through, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but I stayed because I wanted to see the movie, and you know what? She was kind of a boring date to begin with. Well, yeah, if she walked out to an Observe and Report, yeah. like yeah. That movie is a litmus test yes, for people. Absolutely. <laughs> and anybody who, who uh, uh, says, like, who's like, that's a terrible movie, is like, you are not in support of uh, full frontal male nudity in no. film. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ray Liotta's best performance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better than uh, In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege story. <laughs> Uh, RIP oh, to a real right. one. Okay. Yep. No, I think that does it. I think. I think. I think we've we've. Uh, uh, I don't think I gave out the Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash Nick Cage. You said I started it one talking. of the uh, the ad breaks, but you didn't say it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it. Just. I'm just saying it to say. It. Give us money, please. We're poor. Pretty please. We're asking. Josh, incredibly Josh has to get married. I do. That's happening one way or another. Just please, please allow me to. <laughs> Uh, uh, gain a hovel for my new family. 
<laughs> yeah, you should see Josh's living arrangement. There's so many people living in that fucking house. <laughs> um, it's no, it's true though. Please subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, but also, you know, if if you're an uncle, you can find us on Facebook. If you are on X, you can find us at Cage Fight underscore uh, Pod. Uh, until they start charging everybody for using it, in which case you will not find us there. Uh, we will instead, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I will figure it planes out. To uh, uh, on the beach, yeah, banners on the beach. It'll just have our uh the name of our podcast. I wonder how much that would cost. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Good question, because like Rita's Waterice fucking advertises on those, and I can't imagine we make that much less than Rita's Waterice. <laughs> we make negative money. Rita's yeah, Water Ice has to make money. There's very low overhead. It well no water, like so those are all fuck those are all drug syrups. money fucking laundering services. Every single one of them. <laughs> I mean in, in in fairness though we do probably make more money than Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. That is going to do it for us for this movie. Wicka, wicka, wicka man in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember, folks, we appreciate you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. No, not the bye byes. <laughs>